Hello everyone, you're listening to Teaching Matters, an audio series exploring the unique needs of today's students. Teaching Matters is produced and recorded in the studios of WOUB Public Media in Athens, Ohio. I'm your host, Scott Titsworth, Dean of the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. My guest today is Steve Hunt, who is the Director of the School of Communication at Illinois State University, where he's also a professor in the School of Communication. We'll be discussing today the Illinois State University's initiative to be involved in the American Democracy project and how that has been integrated into communication courses. Steve, thanks for being on Teaching Matters. Thanks for having me, Scott. So, Steve, I know that you're not um, officially, as I as I think, uh, affiliated with the American Democracy Project, but you have been involved with that organization for a number of years now. Maybe just uh, if you could start by talking about what ADP is and what it is that that organization is trying to achieve on sort of a national scale. Yeah, absolutely. The American Democracy Project is an initiative of the American Association of State Colleges and Universities, and it's been around for coming up on uh, just about 15 years now. Um, When it started, uh, it started as a handful of academic chief academic officers just from a few universities across the country, reflecting on the fact that in the last 20, 25 years, um, that, that notion that universities have a responsibility to prepare students for citizenship had kind of lost its way a little bit in terms of the mission of higher education, where we turn more towards career preparation. So these academic officers got together and said, we should probably do something about that. Let's call this the American Democracy Project and take on the task of reinvigorating the discussion um, and getting faculty uh, and administrators involved and committed to the notion of preparing students for participation in our democracy. So over the last 15 years, that grew from a handful to now over 250 institutions of higher education, four-year universities, and another 250 or thereabouts uh, community colleges that are in a partner program called the Democracy Commitment. So between the American Democracy Project at the Democracy Commitment, you have about 500 institutions of higher education that are really committed to this idea of educating for citizenship. So as we focus in on the efforts at Illinois State University, is the ADP initiative um, broader than just the communication department? It is, yeah. It's a university-wide initiative, and it's a partnership between academic affairs and student affairs. And I think that, that partnership is very, very important as we think about ways to provide students the opportunities to become civically engaged, not only in the classroom, but beyond. If we're going to do meaningful civic education, it's really going to have to involve both sides of the, of the house. Now, before we, I, I want to delve into some of the philosophical reasons why you are committed to doing this as well as your university. But before we get there, let's let's continue to talk about some of the nuts and bolts. So if I were a student uh, majoring in the School of Communication at, at Illinois State, what are some of the experiences that I might have that has happened as a result of the American Democracy Project uh, commitment that you have? That's a great question. And the timing couldn't be better because literally... Uh, last week, I was in the process of putting together our, our campus ADP has a new award for departments and schools that are integrating civic engagement. So I was compiling all of that information last week for the application. And the opportunities are immense and widespread. And whether it's you're a student who's interested in the Public Relations Student Society of America, you're probably going to be working with a number of clients in the community, a number of nonprofit agencies in the community, uh, doing public relations work with them. Um, it can extend to more directed 
political engagement kinds of activities. We had student registered organizations that have done work with uh, McLean County League of Women Voters and other groups in the organization to put on panels and discussions about the role of financing in campaigns. Um, in the classroom, it could represent a variety of different kinds of opportunities, an organizational communication class where you're working with different groups in, in the community to help them better understand their communication strategies, or um, in a persuasion class where you're working in our social media analytics command center last fall uh, to study the kinds of messages that are out there in social media about the presidential election cycle. In fact, Scott, we had partnership uh, last fall with the Commission on Presidential Debates. We had an honors class, 16 students taught in the SMAC, where they are going through the you know data, social media data relevant to each of the presidential debates, analyzing those data and then making predictions and, and, and analyzing what they thought the implications of the debates were. How did people respond in social media? Did the particular candidates do well in a debate or do they not do well and, and, and making those kinds of judgments. So through the curriculum, through the co-curriculum, regardless of what major you are, if you're, if you're in the school of communication, there will be lots of opportunities through your academic career to become civically engaged. So it sounds like this is uh, very widespread throughout your program. What, what was the message to faculty when you were initially kicking this off to uh, get them involved because, of course, all of the, especially the curricular opportunities all are predicated upon faculty integrating this experience into their courses. So, what was the messaging like uh, to really rally your school faculty around this issue? Well, and you know, I, um, at the time that we really started to embrace the American Democracy Project, and as a school took on this whole task of let's really work this into the curriculum and co-curriculum. Um, we had a great advocate in the who, the person that was the director of the school at that point, Dr. Larry Long. He was a big advocate for civic engagement. And here was the argument, basically. Communication is the vehicle for civic engagement. If you're going to be civically engaged, it has to happen through communication. That's whole, how the whole thing works. And regardless of what major you are, whether it's public relations or communication studies or journalism or mass media, Civic engagement is something that's been affiliated with our discipline for a very, very long time. So there was a naturalistic, you know, a natural opportunity for us to take advantage of uh, this new initiative that was coming to campus. And, and we were really, we had faculty that were already doing some of that work and were amenable to the notion that it was important to do that work. So it wasn't a hard sell for our faculty, but, but we also got lucky in that we were able to get a... Um, scholarship of teaching and learning grant to help us train faculty to integrate this into the curriculum and then to assess it. And when we were able to show them the data that shows when you integrate these kinds of activities, students like the content of the course better, they like the instructor better, they're more likely to engage in the behaviors that you recommend, and they uh, outperform their colleagues who don't have experience to that kind of pedagogy on a number of civic outcomes like political knowledge and um, their their sense of political efficacy. So really, you know, we, we started with faculty who were open to the idea initially, and then we were able to show them data that the work that they were doing really paid off in terms of student learning. 
So in terms of, so I appreciate you sort of segueing into the the outcomes that you found. So in, in addition to the data that you just described showing uh, increases in student affect towards the uh, towards the learning experience and the instructor and learning outcomes, what are some of the anecdotes of, of what you think were meaningful outcomes that have happened as a result of your students doing this type of work? And so I'm thinking more along the line of, of you know, what, what are some great examples of community impact that you can document? Well, here's here's one example of kind of the cycle, I think, of ways that we can positively affect student learning outcomes and get them excited about doing things like, so introduce, you know, let's get freshmen coming into um, a public speaking class, which they love, right, just off the bat, public speaking, they're super happy about that. And now, not only that, but let's, let's in that class, the speeches that you are going to give are going to be about social and political issues. <laughs> They're doubly excited about that, right? Well, I mean, some people might have thought that initially, um, but it turns out that the students really dug those kinds of opportunities. And I have a very vivid memory of working with a student who started off saying, you know, I have I have no interest in things politics. I have no interest in any of this kind of work. But she did research on what was going on in Darfur. This is obviously a couple of years ago um, and got excited about, I mean, just she's she's like I have no idea that these kinds of things are happening in the world we live in. I'm too insulated. I don't know what's going on in the world around me, and that led her to do a, a very good speech on Darfur. She ultimately extended that engagement back to Chicago in her hometown. She she joined a Darfur support group back home and became much more involved politically in Chicago. So so to see that cycle of in one semester. This is not going to happen for every student, but it's a good example of the kinds of things that can happen. In one semester, a student coming in expressing very little interest in some residents, some some hesitancy really to embrace this, to going full circle, to totally embracing it and then becoming more politically engaged in her own home community. And if you think about over the last 10 years, um, the work that has happened at Illinois State and the 500 other institutions across the country, how many thousands and thousands and thousands of students have had those kinds of experiences? It's really kind of cool to reflect on that, that they're making a, a difference in their communities. They're, they're graduating with the skills to be meaningfully involved, and hopefully that will translate to a, a more productive um, you know, democracy as we move forward. So you bring up an interesting point about how contemporary students are reacting to this opportunity. And as you look at some of the literature that admittedly tries to paint, you know, current students as a monolithic group and they're not. But as you look at that, some of that literature, you know, especially the popular literature sort of uh, says, well, they're not very engaged. They're not very interested in politics. Uh, right. They don't really want to express their opinion if there's going to be disagreement with it and so on and so forth. And really, the story that you're telling is sort of a different story. So how do, how do you how do you reconcile the fact that we tend not to talk about our current students in ways that would describe them as being politically engaged, but yet you're finding the opposite? Yeah. And you know what? I think part of it. So one big chunk of it, Scott, honestly, is opportunity. If they're not given the opportunity, if they're not going into classrooms where instructors have expectations about these as learning outcomes, if they are not participating in uh, co-curricular experiences outside of the class where some kind of service or civic engagement is an expectation, then why would they? And that's kind of been the problem in higher education, right? That's That was the initiative for projects like the American Democracy Project to begin with, is that we had lost sight as, an inst as institutions of the importance of civic education. Um, 
I, my experience has been when students have the opportunity, they do incredible work. And what we know about this, the millennial generation, what we know about them is that you're, you're absolutely right. They don't neatly fit into kind of more traditional notions of what we think of when we think about political engagement, but they volunteer at a very, very high, high rate. Um, they are very concerned about a number of, of different kinds of issues that affect them and the communities that they live in. They make decisions to buy or not buy products based on how they're made, who makes them, the, the conditions under which they are manufactured. So, I mean, they come to us with, um, I, I think, they're primed and ready to take this next step. It's just, do we provide them the opportunity and challenge them to take that step? And when we do, the results that we have seen have been very, very positive. My guest today is Steve Hunt, who is the director of the School of Communication at Illinois State University. And we're talking about the involvement of Illinois State uh, in the American Democracy Project. You you were talking um, about examples of outcomes that have happened. Let's delve just a little bit more deeply into some of the assessment data that you've been able to uh, uh, uncover with the work that you're doing with these uh, politically engaged projects. So you mentioned, for example, that the students who do projects uh, related to the ADP project report higher levels of satisfaction with the teacher and the course. Can you talk a little bit in in more detail about some of those findings like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and the the data that we have collected, uh, the the instrument that we're using is the one that was developed by Tom Ehrlich and his colleagues at the Carnegie Foundation. It's reported on um, significantly in their book called Educating for Democracy. So if anybody's interested in Want, want to get their hands on, on these measures. They are, they're widely publicly available. And if you look up Tom Ehrlich in his book, Educating for Democracy, you'll find them. So the battery of measures that we uh, utilize for our assessment purposes really look at a wide range of um, civic and political outcomes. So we look at things like political learning. We look at um, their uh, efficacy, their desire, their, their belief that they can do something to positively affect their communities. We look at their intended, their current behavior, right? So we, our design has typically been a pre-test, post-test design where we're testing at the beginning and the end of the semester. So at the beginning of the semester, we're asking them about the kinds of behaviors that they're currently involved in. Are they out there campaigning? Are they wearing buttons? Are they voting? You know, all of the traditional kinds of civic measures that you would expect. And then at the end of the semester, we ask them to anticipate what they would do going forward. So those are kind of the traditional civic and political engagement measures that you'll see in a lot of this kind of research. But we also add, as you mentioned, that a measure of affect. Um, So there we're looking at um, how do they feel about the content that they're being exposed to, the instructor in the course, and their likelihood to engage in these behaviors going down the road, and as well as motivation. So when, when they're in these classes, how excited are they to study and to go to class and engage in discussions in class? And, and things of that nature. Um, and across all of those, what we're finding is where students are exposed to civic and political engagement pedagogy, they significantly outperform their peers who don't get that kind of exposure, who aren't exposed to that kind of teaching on all of those measures. Now, we also uh, uh, always include a measure of political ideology because I'm sure you're familiar with one of the counter arguments out there is we, if we give students this kind of training, then we're going to sway their their political ideology. And what we found is absolutely no change at all in political ideology. And when we work with instructors, 
and thinking about developing pedagogy, we're very specific about, um, you know, we're, we're about political engagement, but we're not about partisanship. We're not about trying to move someone to be more conservative or more liberal. We're about getting them to be excited about being engaged in our democracy. So as you're um, working with students uh, to, to uh, you know, engage in, in various types of activities, would you call this type of pedagogy problem-based or, or is it a different type of pedagogy? And, and, and I don't want to throw, just throw you know, $10 words around, but, but is this a form of project-based learning or do you think that it's something different? It could be problem-based, absolutely. I mean, we've seen examples of faculty that use uh, problem-based approaches to implement this kind of pedagogy. Um, it's really grounded in um, the work that came out of the Carnegie Foundation on pedagogies of engagement, right? We're, what we're thinking about are what are the ways, whether it's through problem-based kinds of opportunities or service learning kinds of opportunities or research and action projects or, or whatever the specific pedagogical strategy is, what are ways that we can meaningfully engage students, get them to be active participants and create opportunities for significant learning experiences? Learning experiences that, that so in, a, in the context of a public speaking course, think about this, Scott, instead of semesters where you're hearing speeches about the history of underwear <laughs> or uh, how vending machines operate or how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or why the Cubs are better than the White Sox, to hearing about what's going on in Darfur, to hearing about the need for healthcare, to hearing about, in those processes, it's not just the speaker that's doing the research and creating that speech that's getting exposure to uh, you know, what's happening in the world around them, but the other students in the class. It's a learning experience for each one of those rounds of speeches where they're exposed to research and literature on a wide variety of important social issues. Uh, and, and that kind of experience is, you know, that's what we're finding in the data that we've analyzed, that those students think that that is much more meaningful than when they're in classrooms where they're not engaged at all, or they're in the context of something like public speaking, hearing about the history of underwear. <laughs> I, now, th there are going to be some students that will say, look, I'm just not interested in politics. What do you, you know, as a teacher, how do you try to win those students over into, um, you know, sort of giving their all to something that is a little bit more serious and maybe they didn't come into the class with a lot of uh, interest in? Well, yeah, I think what they find is absolutely no question that there are students that come into these kinds of experiences and, and look, I'm not interested. Um, I don't haven't taken the time or don't care to take the time to learn about what's going on with these issues. But what I think they find as the courses unfold and as we go along, as we do these projects is they find things that they're ultimately interested in. They find ways to connect to the material. And because it's, you know, a more meaningful learning experience, hopefully, that there's some kind of connection to, to the real world, um, to the world outside of the classroom. If you're working with a community group, uh, as an example of that, then you're building a portfolio of skills and, 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 and um, you know, think, making connections with members of the community that ultimately can help you get a job later down the road. Right. So I think if we can show them those kinds of connections and here's a really good example. We had a student a few years ago who was who was in a mass media major, was very much into making documentaries, wasn't so much into into politics. Um, he got in group, involved in a group uh, that worked with State Farm in doing a um, talent show to raise money for at risk children in the community. He did a documentary about that. 
met one of the uh, board members for the nonprofit that we worked at, was the head of creative development at State Farm, and ended up getting a job out of that um, a year down the road from that experience. So if we can show those kind of connections, hopefully they will develop an interest in things that they care about, right? In issues that they're involved in the community. Everybody has them. We all have things that we care about and, and want to make better. Um, but also if they can see those connections to, hey, this is going to give you the kinds of skills that are going to better position you to compete in the workplace. And th that's ultimately going to benefit you down the road. Sure. And, and, and you hope that you're right, that as they're doing that, they start to see that that type of engagement is something that really, if they allow it to permeate some of their interest in their activities, that they start to see mutual um, benefits for themselves, for their community, for their, their friends and colleagues, uh, that it's really sort of far reaching. I mean, that's what it's about being engaged, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so as a teacher, um, has has using this type of pedagogy changed um, what you define as your learning objectives in a course? And again, I don't want to get too sort of inside baseball speak about learning objectives and those sorts of things. But but does this rise to the level of becoming a learning objective in in a, in a course that you're teaching, whether it be public speaking or persuasion, uh, or yeah. is it or is it something that's just sort of layered on top of those learning objectives? Oh, it absolutely changed. It changed a lot about the way. And now, I, I've had an interest in civic engagement for quite some time. It's not something that just developed in the last 10 years. I was, you know, as you know, debated uh, in high school and college, was always interested in what was going on in the news, always interested in what was happening in my communities and all of that. Brought that at some level into the classes that I taught. It found its way in, but not in a systematic and intentional way. And that I mentioned the scholarship of teaching and learning grant that we received to help implement this in the School of Communication. And the first thing that we did was revise learning objectives for each of our majors, because it's gotta be there. It can't just be, you know, hey, we wanna support the idea that students will be um, effective as a participant in our democracy. We have to be more specific than that, you know, getting at the level of the kinds of engagements and behaviors that we're looking for and the kinds of student learning outcomes that will make them more meaningfully engaged when they go through our courses and ultimately graduate from our institution. So yeah, learning objectives I think are critical and that was something that we did re in terms of rewriting them and then thinking about how those learning objectives related to our assessment plans from the beginning of this project. So if, if a teacher is out there listening to this, whether they're in higher education or K-12, and they're interested in trying to start going down this road of integrating um, socially, politically engaged projects into their courses, what's the best advice that you could give them? Um, go to the American Democracy Project. Actually, they, they, the, the name of the conference that the ADP hosts annually is called the Civic Learning and Democratic Engagement Conference. It happens every summer. I think they're in Baltimore this year. Um, but that's a great place to start to meet people in a wide variety of disciplines that are doing work at different kinds of levels and experimenting with all kinds of really cool things. Um, but, but making those connections through the American Democracy Project is a great way to start. What, what I found is, so likely uh, there's an ADP on your campus. It's, it's, it's possible that that already exists or Campus Compact or some other organization or institution that supports this kind of work. Make those connections at your campus level and then also think about ways to connect nationally uh, because there are people out there that are really good at doing this kind of work and supporting it and have the resources to help you 
be successful. And it's and it's not something that you have to start at ground zero. A lot of work and a lot of disciplines has already been done, and there are models out there <laughs> for how to implement it. And uh, connecting with places like the American Democracy Project will introduce you to those resources. Now, I know that you're also a parent, as am I. And so if, if, if parents are listening to this and you know, they're not they're not designing learning objectives explicitly for their child, but but they're interested in trying to help their their child become more politically aware and politically engaged. Um, what what's some advice that you would give them so that, you know, they're not planning lessons, they're planning life events. And so right. what are some of the things that you would do if you were a parent? Help them understand why it's important that they be connected and engaged in a democracy. Help them understand that. So, well, I have a 14-year-old son now. We talk about this quite a bit, you know, maybe too much. I don't know. But to understand that the world is bigger, I think that's one of his things is that his world seems kind of tight and isolated at times. He doesn't always see the big picture. So looking for opportunities and experiences. Um, one of the things that we have done for the last several years is we host at Illinois State a State of the Union watch party. We go to the State of the Union watch party. He's done work and, and, and volunteered some time in a couple of different organizations in the community. And that gives him a sense that there are people out there that are not nearly as fortunate as him, you know, that, that struggle with issues and things relating to homelessness or hunger or those kinds of issues. Look for opportunities to open their eyes to the world that exists out there and um, model for them the kind of behavior that you want want to see out of them. I hope that we're successful. <laughs> you know, we want to be successful with our son and we want him to be somebody who cares about what's going on. Um, and I think that's the best kinds of things that we can do to help them get there. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think as parents, we, we're always playing that hope game. Um, and But, but at, the, at the end of the day, the only chance we have is if this type of thing is a part of the ongoing conversation of the family. And if we don't ever talk about it, then we have no chance of, of being able to achieve that hope. But if we do, there's at least a chance. Absolutely. Well, Steve, I really appreciate you taking time to uh, talk to us about the uh program of, of how you're implementing the American Democracy Project. Clearly, there's a lot of resources on the ADP website that uh, other professors uh, or teachers can take a look at. Uh, but thanks for telling us your story and for being a guest on the show. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Scott. My guest was Steve Hunt. He's the director of the School of Communication at Illinois State University, who uh, has been deeply involved in the American Democracy Project. I want to thank all of you for listening to Teaching Matters, produced by WOUB Public Media. You can always listen at woub.org backslash perspectives. Our audio engineer today was Adam Rich, and I'm Scott Titsworth. Special thanks to Tim Vickers of the Ohio University Center for Teaching and Learning for his assistance in producing this program on behalf of WOUB Public Media. Thank you and have a great day.